as long as I can remember, people have been telling me I should write a book or start a blog. And I've always shied away from it, thinking, nobody really wants to know what's going on in my mind. Well, I'm Zarian, and I've got nothing to say. But I'm going to say it anyway. And maybe we can learn something together. So this week, let's talk about cancel culture. The more cancel culture has grown, the more its opposition has grown. And the backlash is dividing people. Now, on one hand, when you do something offensive in society today, you should be held accountable for it. On the other hand, saying something that you believe in and being punished for it seems like censorship. So it's kind of a touchy one. And I could see the arguments for both sides. Let's see what we can figure out here. First off, what is cancel culture? For those of you who haven't really been paying attention lately, cancel culture is the environment that we live in today, mostly on social media, where if someone or an organization says something or does something that's deemed offensive, they're charged with making amends for that offense. And if not, they get quote unquote canceled. By making amends, it could be anything from issuing a heartfelt apology on Twitter or on social media, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Up to with organizations firing people who have done things that are offensive. Uh, And if these actions aren't taken, the organization will be quote-unquote canceled or the person will be quote-unquote canceled. And that's kind of a fancy social media language for boycotting, so to speak. What's interesting about it and the difference is, I think, that when you boycott something, you are actively not using it or avoiding it typically to have a political and monetary impact on that organization or person. But with cancel culture, it's a little bit different. When social media calls for a cancellation, a lot of times it doesn't seem like it's got anything to do with a place where they've been doing business or with someone they've been doing business with previously. So, for example they see a news article, a news clipping, or come across a tweet that someone retweeted that was a post that somebody put up a few years back. And it could be someone they've never even heard of before. But because they don't like the content of that tweet or that message, that post, whatever it is, they call for the cancellation of that person or that organization. Well, we're not going to support what you're doing. What's interesting about that is A lot of times, the people who were calling for the cancellation weren't supporting to begin with. They weren't even aware of what was happening. They just saw something and reacted to it. It's a little bit different when you just see something and react to it. As opposed to being actively engaged with something or someone and then seeing something that they do that's offensive. Slight difference there. And I think the difference is when you're already actively engaged with someone... 
you kind of have the ability to help steer them in the right direction and prevent those things from happening ahead of time. But if you're not engaged and not involved at all, you're really just trying to champion a cause for the sake of championing a cause, not really for the sake of benefiting people or doing something good. And that's more self-serving. I'm not really a fan of that. So as with all things social media focused, it's difficult to pinpoint the origin, where it all started, when we all decided that we were going to cancel things and cancel people for doing something naughty. But it's interesting to think about when it flared up. Uh, There's a comedian named Andrew Schultz that was talking about this a few years back. I want to say probably around... 2017 he noticed it coming up in in a large amount all over social media and he's got a theory where he's talking about cancel culture being on the rise because donald trump won the election and his theory was fascinating it stuck with me because he says part of the reason why cancel culture got so big is because people who were opposed to donald trump winning felt like they lost and they took that loss personally. So to feel better about that loss, they couldn't do anything about Trump being the president, but they could win smaller battles. So they started these smaller attacks on smaller organizations who were doing things that they thought were similar to Trump's behavior. And it was kind of twofold. One, the self-serving feel better about this loss that we've had. I use air quotes there, but it was also to kind of send a message and put people on notice and kind of shift the culture to say, we don't think this behavior is appropriate. We don't like this. And that's where we get into some of the problems that cancel culture can cause. First off, In America, we all know that the freedom of speech is one of the things that we love. So when you get on social media and you post your opinion and someone says they don't like your opinion and they call for you to be canceled, it's easy to say, whoa, you're infringing on my freedom of speech. The thing about freedom of speech that's interesting is while we all have freedom of speech, We don't have freedom of consequence from our speech. And that sounds really iffy and really questionable. And a lot of people are going to throw a fit about that. I understand, but let me explain. You can say whatever you want to say. But just like with everything else, you have to be prepared for the repercussions of what you say. If you don't believe me, Go to work and drop the N-word in your next meeting. On your next Zoom call, call one of your female coworkers a bitch. See how long you keep your job. You have the right to say whatever you want, but you have to be willing to accept the consequences for those words. And cancel culture is kind of a way of people applying those consequences. One of the other problems with cancel culture is that a lot of times it's used to dig up the past. 
or excuse me, is used after the past has been dug up. One of the really big examples that's happened in the last few years is with James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy. After the huge success of Guardians of the Galaxy, Disney slated Guardians of the Galaxy 2 for the Marvel Universe. James Gunn was on board to direct again. And someone somewhere found tweets from him like a decade before laughing at jokes or making comments on Twitter that were offensive to the LGBTQ population. They brought that up and they said he should be canceled and cancel culture came about. To appease the masses, Disney fired James Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy 2, issued statements, etc. The typical corporate public stance. And the cast of the movie unanimously stood by James Gunn, saying that wasn't the type of person he was anymore. He had grown and he had changed. And that's part of where cancel culture is problematic. Because if you can go back and dig up anything that anyone said years ago and use that to cancel them now, where do you draw the line? Can any of us say that we honestly would say something we used to say 15 years ago now? 10 years ago? I know I can't. There's a lot that I've said in the past that I wouldn't say now. Not because I'm afraid of offending other people, but because I choose to be a better person than I used to be. And we kind of all should. It's part of growth and moving forward. So digging up something that someone did years ago and saying, you did this years ago, I just found out about it now, and I'm going to judge you for it and call for you to be boycotted or canceled, it's problematic. One of the other things that's coming up here is it stifles individuality. If we're going to start canceling people and canceling organizations because they think differently than we do, or they believe differently than we do, we have a problem. We're shutting down independent thought. And nobody thinks that's a good idea. Just like with freedom of speech, you can think whatever you want. It's how you act on those thoughts that can be problematic in society. And when you start steering a society in a particular direction and leaning on people and trying to influence people to all think the same way about the same things, you end up with literally groupthink and the mob mentality can take over. Someone once said, never underestimate, underestimate the power of stupid people in large numbers. And that is true. Because the more people you have in a group that start to ravenously believe something, the less those people in the group apply logic to what they believe in and question it to figure out, is this really something that's true? More often than not, they just go with it because everybody around them is going with it. 
and things tend to boil over. It's not all bad news, though. There are actually some benefits to cancel culture, as tough as it is for me to believe. Cancel culture is something that, in a weird way, promotes social accountability. If you start acting in a way or speaking in a way that is unacceptable in today's society, by today's standards, well, there should be consequences. You should be held accountable for that. So when I see someone using racial slurs in the workplace and losing their job, like Papa John, for example, even though I understand how he's trying to use the racial slur, there should be accountability for that. But I find myself asking, well, why did Papa John lose his job and NFL endorsements for the company and things like that? But Bill Maher didn't lose his show. We'll put a pin in that. I'm still thinking about that one. One of the other benefits to cancel culture is corporate responsibility. Again, with Papa John's. Cancel culture is one of the things that lets the common man or woman voice their opinion about what's happening in an organization and pointing out the wrongdoings or the slights that organizations have been able to get away with for a very long time. There are stories all over the news about things that are going on in organizations and whistleblowers saying something about it and going to management and going to leadership and nothing ever coming of it. And it's amazing how quickly that changes as soon as something hits social media and cancel culture kicks in to force those companies to right those wrongs. Here, my concern is that the companies are only righting the wrong because they got caught and because they were outed. If they hadn't gotten caught, they wouldn't have made the change. Which means once cancel culture dies down, they could potentially go back to doing what they were doing before. Back to the James Gunn story. Everyone knows after the, me the media storm died down, Disney quietly brought James Gunn back to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And the movie was a success. From what I understand from unconfirmed reports, when they fired James Gunn from the movie initially, part of the conversation was that it's just temporary. We're going to bring you back, but we need to make this look good and make it go away. And that's not to say Disney is bad by any means or Disney handled it wrong. I actually agree with the way Disney handled it for the most part. Except I probably wouldn't have fired James Gunn from that movie if I was the head of the studio. I probably would have explained and let him explain, this is not who I am. Here are the things I've done to benefit this population, this community that I've offended. Here's what I've learned and here's how I've grown. But the trick is, it can't just be lip service. You have to have actually learned something, grown, and tried to help the populations that you offended, if that's going to be your defense. Or you could just stand by your opinions. And take the consequences. I'm okay with either one. 
So the more I dug into this, the more I realized that we do have somewhat of a problem here. And I think the problem with cancel culture and the reason why people are so divided on this topic is because we don't have a set set of guidelines or rules for when cancel culture should and should not apply. Should we cancel someone because they referred to a female colleague as a chick? Should we cancel someone because they used a racial slur? Should we cancel someone because they used a racial slur to describe someone who is a member of their own demographic? For example, canceling a black person for using the N-word. A little bit of nuance there. Not so black and white, is it? No pun intended. So, thinking about this, cancel culture seems to be the result of our human collective trying to move forward and trying to figure out how we should function, how we should best get along. And the problem is, it's navigating a space where laws don't exist. It's kind of filling in the gaps between legality and morality. And there's a really big difference between something that's legal, something that's moral, and something that's ethical. And I've been trying to figure out how to explain this for a year or two and watching videos and reading and trying to figure out what's the best way to explain those and explain the three. Because a lot of times they get used interchangeably. So I had to do some learning here and expand my knowledge base. I actually looked it up and I came across a really good video that I'll link in the show notes here. So you can pull it up and watch it on YouTube if you want. That explains the difference between legal, ethical, and moral. In a nutshell, something legal is something that is an enforceable standard of behavior where a law has been written and a law has been broken. Something that's moral tends to be based on our values, principles, beliefs, or customs. Uh, when you think moral, you probably think religion, like the religion you were brought up in, if you were brought up in a religious household like I was. So you think, it's not illegal for me to be polite, but I should still be polite because that's what Jesus would want me to be. That's how Jesus would want me to act. He would want me to love my neighbor. That would be the moral thing to do. The thing about that is, with moral it tends to be unconscious. It's a subconscious thing that happens. It's something that's programmed into us from the time we're young because we inherit our moral standards from our parents and the people around us, you know, from our close immediate family. That's usually where we get our moral standards from. I don't steal because my parents weren't thieves. No. If my parents had a less, a more loose moral code and stealing was okay, it wouldn't be a big deal. Same thing with lying. Those are two pretty good examples. Ethical, right in the middle. Something that's ethical is very similar to something that's moral. 
and that it's based on your values principles also. The difference is when you're looking at something to see if it's ethical, it should also be evaluated from your purpose. What is your purpose? And that means it's a conscious reflection. You consciously think about what's happening here. So for example, even though you may have been brought up in a religious background, some aspects of that religion, when you stop and think about it, may not make sense to you. Or maybe something that you would question versus just blindly following because that's the way it's always been done. That's what you were taught. That's what you inherited from your parents, who inherited it from their parents, who inherited it from their parents, etc., etc. So with cancel culture, if you notice the things that people are being canceled for on social media aren't things that are necessarily illegal. Some of them are. Think Kevin Spacey's situation, for example. But most of them aren't illegal things. Most of them are just things that we as a society generally frown upon using racial slurs. But because we all have different opinions, different backgrounds, and different ways that we've come up, what one person thinks is something that should be cancelable isn't necessarily something that other people would think is cancelable. So, it might be a good idea to use the ethical standard to determine what we can and can't cancel someone for. Of course, we still need to get together and agree on what that ethical standard should be. But I think if we look at it from an ethical standpoint versus a legal standpoint or a moral standpoint, it might be a little bit easier to agree on when someone should and should not be canceled. And we might be able to more consistently apply those rules or those guidelines to our society. And that might benefit everybody. So that's it for this week. Let me know what you thought. Send me an email at n2s at leeenterprisellc.com. Reply to the podcast on Anchor or respond on Facebook. Send me a message. Send me a text message if you have my phone number. The link to that video that I mentioned will be in the show notes. It's pretty good. It's short, about 12 minutes long, and it's a really good explanation of the difference between legal, ethical, and moral. And it applies to a lot more than just this topic. So you'll probably hear me refer to it time and time again as I discuss different things. 